doing, doing well. We're about to record the podcast. This is John Parrott. And Alexis. Actually, John, yeah. John Parrott, are you coming to dinner? That's the plan. That's what I was told I could do. Ooh, okay, yeah, I'm in. I'm also telling Jamie that I'm buying his dinners for trivia nights from now on, so he has no choice, so I can at least pay back your family for all the food you feed me. <laughs> That's right. We're going to see what you're doing uh, during the day or on Saturday or Friday night. <laughs> Apparently helping you out. What am I doing? Well, I'm pretty sure it's IHSA wrestling, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. I'm in. Did you find anybody to work with Amy on Friday during the day? There are zero people to work with Amy on Friday during the day. <laughs> I, I am asking Maggie for some assistance because it's pretty bad. But I'm, I've got more people than helped with stuff. Like we're full on Friday night. And we're full, like Saturday is, Saturday night, late night is the, probably the worst one, but like the only one that's really, really bad is Friday, Friday during the day. I'm busy Saturday night or I can't help you. I'm also not going to be there Saturday night. I'm slightly busy as well. I think I'm going to be busy. Yeah, okay. I think you're kind of busy too. Yeah, that's what I thought. All right, well, I'll let you guys get back to your meeting. Okay. Love you. And with that, hello and welcome to Red Raccoon Radio, your source for tabletop music for Bloomington, Illinois, and beyond. (laughs) You just got to see a little bit of the inside baseball that happens right before podcast. John, you're killing me sometimes, man. (laughs) You're killing me. How is that how is that hurting? How is that how is that? I mean, he hit record long before she even called. Oh, I have the whole thing. Oh, really? On the record. Oh, man. Yeah, so everybody just heard Kelly calling. It's uh, it's a it's a little after 3.30, and uh, Kelly is contractually obligated to be a fourth-grade teacher until 3.30, so I usually get that phone call in the afternoons, like 3.32, <laughs> and... Uh, we do a little bit of catch up for what was going on during the day. And that's usually when I find out whose children were naughty and whose children were nice and what kind of craziness is going on. And, and apparently this time is when John gets roped into volunteer opportunities to uh, work with the PTO group to raise money for the Washington Elementary School PTO. Look, I like to consider myself a group of people that are called the Maffey Orphans. That, <laughs> much like the the Baker Street Irregulars from Sherlock Holmes, we just get called upon to do random tasks to better the the society around us. And uh, I don't mind being a Maffey Orphan. Well, Maffey Orphan also comes with food benefits as exactly, well. Exactly, right? And it's really good food and usually... As I'm told, somewhat cheap, so I don't feel as guilty about it. So it's really not pressure. that much different to when you when you really start cooking, going from like two people to four people is not a huge difference. You know, when you're when you're prepping and when you're making the food, it's not a it's not a big difference. Especially in, in the case of when Kelly's cooking anyway, it's going from 
30 to 35 people that she's cooking for because she has no sense of portion control whatsoever. It's very true. And my leftover budget has really like skyrocketed because of that because I get sent home with some pretty amazing stuff. <laughs> now, some of you might be saying, oh, well, Jamie's kind of speaking on behalf of Kelly here like because she's the one probably doing all the cooking. Oh, no, no, no. I'm going to drop a little bit of Matthew lore. Matthew, you have a, Jamie, you have a little bit of a history in the culinary arts, don't you? I was a cook in the army. Yes. I don't know if a lot of people know that. Alexis, did you know this? I did know that. Alexis is on the podcast, by the way. We didn't yes, do hello. names because I just rushed this because <laughs> it was just too good of an intro to pass up. Um, but yeah, I don't think a lot of people probably yeah. know that. Naya, specifically five years as a cook in the Army National Guard. Mm. So during basic training, we often cooked for three or 4,000 people per meal. Once I got out of basic training, I was assigned uh, to the Kankakee, Illinois unit. It was um, mostly just cooking for about 120. Gotcha. So we would get there on Saturday morning. We would uh, usually make some sort of a cold lunch to send everybody out in the field for whatever they're doing. Hot dinner, hot breakfast the next morning, cold lunch on Sunday, and then we would go home. Now, I have to ask, does watching the TV show The Bear trigger you as much as it does the other people that have worked in the food industry? Not for the same reasons. Mm. Uh, not for being uh, a cook in the National Guard. That is was very triggering for when we owned Kelly's Bakery and Cafe for 13 years. That checks out. Just the, a lot of the screaming and hollering that they do at each other during the lunch rushes and things of that nature, I'm just like... Oh man, this is this is a little too close to home. Flashbacks, yeah. PTSD, yeah. I, actually, Kelly banned me from watching season two of The Bear because uh, she said that as a combination between um, flashbacks to Kelly's Bakery and Cafe and some of the infighting within amongst my siblings. She said, uh, you should probably just skip season two. There's one particular episode known as Seven Fishes that, yeah, I think she might have done you a favor on that one. Yeah, because she watched it over Christmas break. And I think that there was an episode she said she had to pause and get up and walk away from the TV multiple times. So it's probably that episode. Seven Fishes. Yep, that checks out. Yeah. I have not seen it, but I've, I've thought about it. So this is one that is at least in my my realm because jamie always gets mad that i don't know things here's what i'm gonna say <laughs> okay, the, the bear is it's visceral and that is nice not in the sense that it's gross or anything along those lines but it just very is raw and all of the actors that they got to be on there portray it with the exact same energy and it's really it's not just one character really stands out it's a symphony of all these different characters bringing the same manic, tired, desire to be better. And I think that a lot of people can resonate with that, whether they've worked in the food industry or not. By the way, we're a board game podcast. Yeah. So why don't you tell me... Um, <laughs> so there's, well, there's plenty of board games that are about cooking food. We played uh, one just this last week, the Cupcakes one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did, Jamie. Okay. okay. And we played Bittersweet. That was also food. Bittersweet right? was, was back. Okay, that so... Was, that was a good one. So the for, cupcake one was not good. We're gonna we're gonna skip for right now with how the store was last week. We're just gonna go straight into what's been on our table lately because Jamie is still going through, and this was a request coming through our Discord to tell people how your, I believe in the Discord, the thousands of games that you have to play <laughs> is going. Um, 
So I counted. Mm -hmm. That was a problem right away, right there. Yeah. There's 82 games. I have not had all the games delivered yet. So there are um, set, no, there's 78 games that I've already received. There is 86 games on the list. So I am still short eight of those games. And one of those games is still Frosthaven. Yeah. I don't even know how we're going to do that one. How are you supposed to review Frosthaven? It's, anyways. It's Gloomhaven on Ice, I guess. I'd watch that. But <laughs> with, that sounds dangerous. It does, doesn't it? Because you have to include sores with the ice skates, and yeah, that's already yeah. a dangerous component. The ice skates are the sores. Yes. But I, I don't even remember what the cupcake game was called. But I believe it was supposed to be more for four players, but you can play it with two. And it was just a lot of Jamie and I looking at each other and almost feeling like we were playing Go Fish. I was, it was to say, it was a lot of Go Fish. Yeah. It was, that's what it felt like. With... with um, you could start a round of uh, outsourcing, which was basically meant you got to draw one, and it was it didn't work at two players. We wish that we could razz it more, but the game was actually so forgettable that neither one of us can remember the title right now. That's <laughs> it is not going to be yeah. ranked highly. I yeah. believe. So, um, yeah, out of the seventy-eight games that I have received right now, I have played twenty-seven of them. Okay. And they're all supposed to be played by March tenth. Now, let me give you some inside baseball here about Jamie's... It's not looking good. It's really yeah. not. <laughs> but it's been Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. I like, I have other obligations other to, to, to do, and I've had people at the house Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday That's true. for the last month and a half, two months, trying to get through as many of these games as possible. You said you played 27? Yeah. Okay. 27 of them that are, were all brand new to me, though. So I had sure. to, you know, you get slowed down having yeah. to learn the rules. Yeah, that's true. Especially, and we also get slowed down multiple times when we played the game wrong and realized about halfway through the game that something's not right here. And then we had to go back and play a second round with the correct rules. Yeah. So um, John and I knocked out four small box games the other night. Yeah. And. I, I would say that by far and away, I sent you a message to order sale mm-hmm. from All Play Games. It's a two-player cooperative trick-taking game that you use the tricks and how the tricks are taken to steer your pirate ship trying to get away from the Kraken that's trying to destroy your ship. And that was a lot of fun. It was a, Once we really got our head wrapped around each of the different tricks that you could do, and we started being able to strategize better. It was a lot of fun because the trick-taking element is you can't talk during the gameplay. You can talk about the setup, but as soon as you see your cards, no more speech is happening. So I can't be like, hey, uh, I need you to play this and this so that I, we can win this trick in this way. Um, Without p- having played it, it vaguely reminds me of Sky Team. Yeah. Sky Team's on the list. We just haven't got to it yet. Okay. But yeah, if we're Sky Team, you can't talk once right, you... Right, you're trying to land a plane together. So I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. slightly different, but similar. It's a smaller box game, though. It is. It's the same size as Mountain Goats, okay. which is like, that's a four-inch square yeah. box. Yeah. It's like Fort or something along those lines, about the same size? No, smaller than Fort. Fort was, was bigger. Wow. Yeah. Fort I was uh, one of those, like, maybe four-by-eight size games. This is a this was four by four, maybe two inches deep. All play, formerly the the publishing company formerly known as BoardGameTables.com. Mm. They they make great tables, and then they just started making their own games and publishing people's games, and and now they've got 
God, I bet you they got 25 or 30 games out. And But all their games fit in like one of three different box sizes. And have you noticed this yet, that they're all, they reuse the same three box sizes for everything? And, uh, and Mountain, Gate, Mountain Goats was one of my favorite games I ran into last year. We've sold a ton of it because it's a, it's a really cool, interesting multiplayer riff on almost like solitaire a little bit. And, um, yeah, sale was just a ton of fun. I enjoyed was. that one a lot. We also got into Freelancers. Freelancers was cool. Yeah. We also told me to order that one. Yes. Uh, so. <laughs> um, we had it and we sold out here and we just hadn't reordered it yet, right? Uh, did, maybe? Did we have it? Yeah, we had it. Okay. Because I looked at, I picked it, I remember picking it up for a live video and going, I don't even know what this one is. Well, now you do. Now he does. And I will say that as a fan of their original game, kind of this is a spiritual successor to it called Forgotten Waters. This is a a welcome addition of some new mechanics to a system that I think is working really well. And that is, it's a Dungeon Masterless campaign that uses a website to give you not only your instructions, but also your narrative beats with professional voice actors, the voice actor of... Uh, Vegeta from Dragon Ball Z and many other animes does a spectacular job in it and basically gives you this twisted tale. We One of my favorite elements, I don't want to spoil anything, but I will spoil one thing, and that is we went to a dungeon on the map. And we went into the dungeon. They're like, the door is there, but it doesn't seem to be attached to the hinges. We're like, okay, we'll go inside. They're like, it seems like fresh paint is everywhere. And as we proceed into the dungeon more, we realize it's just a unfinished dungeon. Like they're in the middle <laughs> of putting it together. And we as heroes have arrived too early to the dungeon. Even like the monster. The monsters haven't been populated yet. Exactly. It's like, it's still in the cage okay. and things like that. So um, I will say that your character classes are also interesting because you basically have a tearaway pad. And so each time you play, you get to play as a different character class. Uh, Currently, I'm a paladin, uh, but one of our other players is a divorcee. Right. Yes. Jamie was mentioning mm-hmm. this. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, I was going to make jokes, yeah. but he chose that himself. And when he leveled up, the special power he unlocked was called getting back out there. <laughs> and we just all were just sitting and cracking up. The Whoever wrote this is... I would love to hang out and have a beer with them yeah. because this is a snarky, snide, um, irrever- irreverent individual that I would just be perfectly happy hanging out and having a conversation with. Very much whenever you try and make a decision that you feel like a normal role-playing campaign would reward you for, the game will punish you for being so silly as to think that you can proceed in that manner. But yeah. that's that's a lot of what Jamie and I have been doing. I we do... also we also played Curie Eye and found out that John is the better samurai than oh. Jamie. <laughs> I don't know if we... <laughs> I took out Jamie in usually one to two moves in a game that I feel like at least usually required five to six. I don't know how that happened. I I just was not. I Jamie was not doing it. Hated it. He did not like it. <laughs> okay, so that or Dungeons Dice and Danger. Ooh. I'd rather play Dungeons Dice and Danger nice. than that. Um, and we then we tried out, we did Unrest as well, where we found out that Jamie 
is the better evil overlord than John. Okay. That's true. You're also the better rebellion person as well. You yes. whipped me both different sides of that game. Yeah, that was an asymmetric game where one person plays the rebellion and the other person's playing as the empire trying to stop and quell the quash the rebellion. And uh, I got John on both sides of that one. Every, so John's just not good at the game. I'm just not good at the game, which, okay. I mean, like 70% of the games, I'm not usually even close Same. to the top bracket. I'm there as, you know, just the normal guy. Like, I'm, I'm there to set the bar so everybody else knows how good they are. And yeah. then all of a sudden you give me a samurai sword, and it's I'm just vicious and brutal. And apparently I'm in Jamie's mind way too much. But we've been in Jamie's mind and his game collection now for a little while. How about you, Alexis? Why don't you tell us what you've been playing lately? What I've been playing? Yeah. Um, you know, not as much as I normally play. Okay. It's been a slow few weeks, but I did get a Kickstarter in uh, French Quarter. Ooh. It's it's a roll and write. It's from Motor City Games, which also did uh, Three Sisters. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's that been a lot of fun. It's just a complex roll and write. So I've played that a few times. You're really the roll and write master around here. Like, you seem to really like jive them. with that. They are they are my favorite. I get little messages sometimes when a game's being rated as a roll and write. I get a little thing from, like, ooh, a roll and write version. <laughs> There's a Cascadia roll and write coming out. Yeah. A uh, little inside baseball. I feel like, yes, I can say this. Uh, so Ben Russ, uh, Rossett? Rossett. Yes, who has been on the podcast before. He did Search for Planet X, Search for Lost Species. Uh, one of his new games coming out is Fromage. It's all about cheese making. Uh, there's going to be a roll and write version of Heck that. Yeah. And I think that you would actually really enjoy Probably. it. I've gotten to play t- test that. It's been fun. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, other than that, though, I, I actually have done a puzzle, which we saw those in the store. So Yeah. You guys have a ton of puzzles. Yeah. We just got some new ones today from Lantern Press, who they small batch um really high quality puzzles and a lot of them are illinois more illinois centric like route 66 and Mm -hmm. the shape of illinois and stuff like that so you know i was looking for some completely different designs than we've had in the past and they, they got some really cool stuff so i think this counts as something that's on my table but i have gotten a puzzle from red raccoon but it's not one that has an image and you put together the pieces. It's the oh, all-year yeah. puzzle, I believe is what it's did called. Did you get one of those? I did. And I have been enjoying it yeah. every single day. Uh, for those of you that don't know, they're being sold right now at the front uh, desk. Basically, it is a puzzle with kind of Tetris-like pieces to it. And underneath the Tetris pieces are all the days and all the months. And so there is a combination for each day and month And every day you can start or end your day with trying to get the calendar set to where it actually is showing only the month and the day that it currently is. I wonder, you're going to have to let me know, John, on uh, February 29th if they took that into account. I mean, there's got to be a 29 on there. So it's 29 for other months. Because this year's a leap year, right? So, yes, I will let you know that. Okay, very good. Like, you mean, can you solve it for February 29th? Yeah. Hmm, That's interesting. We've sold a lot of them. People are really into this idea. You know, half the time I get here and Ryan's trying to solve the one at the front counter to see if they can figure it out. That's how it got me because I was playing one at the front counter on one of the days I was working. I was like, I need more time. So I'm going to have to buy one of these and take it home. I figured out what the cupcake game was. (sighs) Okay. It's called Sweet Deals. And it was not. We shall not be stocking it. We shall not be stocking it. But speaking of Red Raccoon Games, hey, how's the store this week? Uh, I mean, it's Tuesday. 
list last week, all week? Last week, yeah. Not going to lie, I've worked from home a bit, so I'm not quite sure. Good for you. Thank you. Get that flexible work schedule. We are once again um, showing how low the Constitution scores are of our staff (laughs) are. And, People um, don't know this, but you do have to roll yourself a D&D character sheet to apply to Red Raccoon. It's an odd process, but it's very self-awareing. Yeah. And I, we've, de- we've determined that most of the people who are interested in working here either took Constitution or Dexterity as their dump stat. Yeah. You know, because uh, probably you did not play a ton of sports in high school. Um, because of one of those two things, which is why how you ended up playing a lot of board games and hence wanting to work at Red Raccoon Games. So uh, it's it's we're having those challenges again, where we're just trading off of who's going to be at home sick. Yes. And today uh, there was five people scheduled, and two of them are had called out sick. So we're we're running on a skeleton crew right now. I've had to work the last two weekends, and that's a rarity for me when I'm usually maybe maybe a once-a-month person. So that's a sign. Yeah, but I, I think since last we did a podcast, we did the Monster Monster D&D live show. Oh, yeah. Which went amazingly well. I was meaning to ask, yeah. They are already, they had such a good time doing the show and interacting with our customers as the crowd. We sold it out, which we we figured out we had we owned seventy chairs, and all seventy of those chairs were full. Um, I was sitting in the back on plastic folding chairs, the old white ones. We yeah. we have a few of those left, and so um, no, I, I think everybody had a great time. It was about an hour and a half, two hour show. People were laughing. They had um, crowd interaction where they gave the crowd dice that people could throw the dice into the game to affect roles whenever something was happening. Like, you didn't have to say, I want to do it. You just launched the die at the tables up front. There were foam dice, right? Oh, okay. Because I was like, I'm looking at the TVs (laughs) that are in the room. Like, it did something Yeah, no, they're like three-inch foam dice. Okay, okay. And whatever the dice roll landed on, they would stop and say, do you want the dice roll to go up or down with this? And, like, half of the crowd was going for... Um, screw the dungeon master, and the other half of the crowd was absolutely going for screw the players. And good so, balance, good balance. Yeah, yeah. And so they were cracking the, up the entire time, as as like, oh no, you know, there's somebody would tank one of the players' roles or something of that nature too. So um, that was a lot of fun. And then this most recent weekend, things got nutty mm-hmm. because. Too many events were happening at the same time. We had our first session of the Explorers of Antasia, the new Dungeons & Dragons campaign we launched. We had to emergency pull in a third DM for that one because we had too many for two DMs to handle. So that took up three tables. Then we also had our regular scheduled Pathfinder table and we had our regular scheduled Starfinder table. And we had a one-piece pre-release, which um, sold out at 26 guys who showed up for that one. And there was a Magic the Gathering commander party that happened all at the same time. And then as soon as all those things left, we had Gamers Night. And also Digimon. Oh, yeah. I forgot Digimon was in there, too. (laughs) And I think Jeff Crush played one table of Warhammer in the middle of that as well. So, Was he here? 
Oh no, he came in late. I yes, told him yes. he could. I told yeah, I told Jeff that um, all the D and D players all like they all wrapped up about two thirty, and I said as long as you come after two thirty, no big deal. You know, there's plenty of space. But until two thirty, it was uh, it was a little tight. It little, was a little tight. I uh, I feel like I need a bigger store. And ladies and gentlemen, we are not doing that. Let me repeat. For for my own mental health, <laughs> we are not doing a bigger store no. at any time in the foreseeable future. I'm just saying you've got the over over that we could finish up, like Ugh. more basement space. Yeah, but then that's going to involve heating and cooling and electrical contractors to run wiring. But all of that has gone so smoothly, as this podcast is uh, a testament to. Dude, no. <laughs> Jamie, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry to say. to get back onto a normal sleep schedule. I just watched Jamie's beard go almost completely white. <laughs> it, it has come back to its now salt and cinnamon style, but for a second no, salt there. salt and paprika. Salt and paprika. That's what I was me. branded. That was the okay. salt and paprika. I was, you know how your phone is like random memories. Here you yeah. go. There was a video that I made of Jamie for TikTok like a year and a half ago, and I was like, "Wow, the move really did did great a little." Really? Yeah. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. You're living your best life. You have a brand new game store that everybody loves with a very successful podcast of almost a hundred people listening. I mean, what else could you ask for? I found out we're up for some awards for the new store. Oh. Yeah. You so found that out? I found out that we have been nominated, and we now have to go through this whole process to see if we can take it to the next step and make it into the actual award circle. Okay. So that, and we're also decided we were going to go for a Wizards Play Network premium status as well, which unlocks a whole bunch of new promos for magic and in early pre-release dates and things of that nature and the only premium stores that exist right now in illinois are all in chicagoland there's nobody outside of chicago so we decided we're going to give it a shot and see what they say the standards that they have for the wizards play network premium status are notoriously mercurial mm-hmm. in that one person gets denied something th- that another person is allowed to slide through with for be that tables or signage or whatever that might be and that's you know, one of the biggest complaints about it is that everybody has given different feedback and you can't go to look at one person's store and go hey he used those things over there i can just buy those and i'll get through on chairs or tables or whatever that might be it, it, it keeps changing, and it, there apparently isn't a lot of rhyme or reason to it. So so we're up for, we're doing the premium thing. You're going to see some changes around the store um, as we're continuing to push for the premium thing. But at the same time, we're up for some awards, and we'll, we'll find out what happens. To be fair, in working with an actual wizard, this is the type of expectation I would have of just very mercurial changes, and you never know what's going to be happening next, and... So it fits in a weird way. It, yeah. You work with the wizard? Sometimes I feel like it when we do this podcast because oh, it okay. seems like every single podcast we have to talk about Wizards of the Coast. And this episode is no exception. No, it's not. Okay, so 
Alexis, you're going to get to choose. Oh, oh, okay. Do we want the good Wizards of the Coast news first or the bad Wizards of the Coast news first? Let's start with the good. Okay. So Jamie posted this article, uh, and this is coming from comicbook.com, Jamie's continual favorite site for information, which is not true, but it is coming from one of our favorite people, Christian Hoffer. Uh, basically, the article is titled Dungeons & Dragons announces the 2024 releases, new monster manual to come out in 2025. Now, we'll go through this as we kind of talk about the article, but the big news is not only are we getting the Book of Vecna, which is something that we have been uh, promised for quite some time, thank you, Stranger Things, but also we are finally seeing the one D&D update, the 5.5 D&D and that is actually going to be coming out this year. I thought I thought Ryan said we're going to call it 5.1. Is it 5.1? 5.1, yeah. Is there a reason to this, Matt? Because they keep calling it 1 D&D. Oh, okay. So we're calling it 5.1 because it's really 5 redone. That's fair. Like they added surround sound channels to it or something. <laughs> That's from HDMI to uh, the Display other port? Yeah. That's yeah. Alexis is a uh, Alexis is in uh, monitor port hell right now trying to get <laughs> yeah. a second monitor. You're working. learning things you never thought you needed to know. Okay, that I have out. an HDMI cord and it won't fit. Is it a display okay. port port? That, that's not quite what I said. <laughs> <laughs> there was only one HDMI plug-in in the thing, so how do I get the other monitor to work when that's also HDMI? Why it's as easy as a display port to HDMI converter. I should have known. You know, I, I did do some Google, but it just told me to get a, a, a splitter HDMI. No, you don't want the splitter. No, a splitter give you the same image on both monitors. You oh, don't. That's want... not what I want. That's no, exactly. You, want, you, yeah. you went the right route in asking Jamie and being <laughs> a little bit shamed for it. But what's not a shame is a, that there's no shame. I said I actually have one of those. I bought one yesterday. I found <laughs> on sale. Alexis, this is a safe space, and you're being recorded for posterity. Was there shame? No. Okay. All right. Well, I stand corrected. What I will not correct is the timeline for these new books coming out. So starting in the fall of 2024, Wizards will turn their attention to release the new core rule books for 5th edition, which is intended to update existing 5th edition rules without fully switching editions. The Player's Handbook will be released on September 17th, followed by the Dungeon Master Guide on November 12th, and the new Monster Manual on February 18th, 2025, which means we probably won't see the full box set until next year. Yeah, they, when... Fifth edition books came out in 2014. They staggered them as well then. Like all three books did not come out at the same time, but they were closer together. It was more like August, September, October versus September, November, February. There's That seems very far apart. Like, I mean, I don't I don't play D&D, but if I did, or any art, whatever, if I wanted to get new books for this thing that I like, I would want them all at the same time. That's fair. Yeah, that's what a lot of people are very much questioning. Because even even if I was the DM and was only going to buy the DM book or a, a player, I'm only going to buy the player book, you still need everything to actually play a campaign, right? I think that the – so it was a big issue going from 4th edition to 5th edition when you didn't have the rest of the books. I guess, I, for clarity, they did drop a starter kit first, okay. then player's handbook, 
DM's Guide and Monster Manual, but 4th to 5th was a massive change. Mm -hmm. They rewrote everything when that happened. This time out, though, they keep telling us over and over again it's D&D 5.1, and it's going to be just incremental changes. Like, think of it more like they're taking the original 5th edition books and they're adding in all the errata of 10 years of we have to make these subtle changes here and there in order to balance out some classes, in order to balance out some monsters. We've had monsters that have been removed. We've had monsters that have been added. We've had player classes removed and player classes added. We have made some serious PR mistakes along the way that we have to fix. Which we have cataloged on this podcast. Yeah. So, yeah, so we're finally going to be seeing these books. I agree, though. It does seem a little weird. If these were brand new things, maybe I'd actually understand it more. Like, they're wanting to stagger it to kind of get more in the news cycle. But these are literally just updated books that we already have. Why are we just not dumping them all at the same time? I think it's mostly probably just a literally a printing capacity issue. That could be. Using whatever printing company. Because they're not doing Penguin anymore. We, We had that story, right? Yeah, they dropped Penguin for the actual main books. I was going to throw in that I spent the afternoon looking at all the non-Dungeons & Dragons rule books that are coming out as well. Because So Player's Handbook drops on August 17th. There are a ton of other books surrounding the official release that are coming out at the same time too. So we've got some new comic books. We've got a new, um, like a children's guide called the Pocket Edition of Dungeons and Dragons from the publisher DK, who makes all those really cool, like illustrated guide to Jurassic Park and illustrated. They did an illustrated guide to uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, we should probably get some more of that in. And um, so they've there's there's a bunch of books coming out. There's some new um, compilations of. Uh, uh, when they release comic book issues, they combine them together into a hardcover graphic novel. Graphic novel, and there's a couple of those ones, including the Saturday Morning Cartoons Part Two, um, because they've been continuing on the story from the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. There's a kind of a history book. There's two history books coming out. There's one that comes out in May, at the same time as the Vecna Eve of Ruin book. That's called Dungeons, The Making of the Original Dungeons and Dragons, 1970 to 1976. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get some copies of that in. And then there's a second book coming out that I don't think is an official Dungeons and Dragons book. That's like uh, 50 years of Dungeons and Dragons. So a bunch of stuff coming out this year. There's uh, in, in addition to the official play books. Now, Jamie, you did mention one specific book to me as I was walking behind you to set up today. And that is, okay, we are now seeing the Vecna Eye of Ruin cover, alternate cover, which is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, Yeah, it's the hand of Vecna basically as the cover for the alt cover book. It's going to be awesome. But the book that you showed me in your office was one that you were particularly interested in. Do you remember what that was? It was a cocktail book? Oh, (laughs) Um, what was it? Flagons and... No, it's something in flagons. Fisticuffs and flagons? No, it's basically D&D's making an official cocktail book. We've had two cookbooks. Yes. And um, they're, they're making an official cocktail book that also comes out in, in that same August time frame. F- something in flagons. 
We'll get the info later. But I bring it up because the next news article, Jamie might want to drink for. Oh, no. oh yeah, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a sad. This comes from Dicebreaker. Dungeons & Dragons maker kills Dragonlance live-action series, according to Joe Mangliello, which I never pronounced correctly, and the series author. Uh, apparent- Punchians and flagons. Punchians and flagons. There we go. So according to uh, an article that – an interview from comicbook.com, uh, Joe Mangliello, who I think I'll pronounce differently every single time just to make sure I do it right once, uh, basically has said that his production that he was leading for the explore, exploration of the world of Kryn is now defunct. Yeah, that sucks. Which many people were hyped about. This was one of the tent poles of – uh, Dungeons and Dragons wanting to step into broader media, which brought us the Dungeons and Dragons movie, which, while well, well received, does not look like it's happening again. Um, we we see we saw other TV shows supposed to be coming. There was the um, supposed to be a Magic the Gathering cartoon. Yep, and a Dritzt cartoon series based on the Dritzt books as well. And I think these are going to just be dominoes that continue to fall as we hear the news that they are no longer going forward. Yeah, they, they apparently had a ton of back work that they've done, including the article references a thousand page picture book with ideas for settings and armors and weapons and, and outfits and costumes and everything. They've been putting together all this content for it. But um, Joe Mangianello... I'm, that's my that stab right. at it. That's yeah, my that's stab. That's good. That's good. Um, said that uh, he was. It's just dead in the water because we talked about Hasbro sold E1 Entertainment, which was the movie studio that they owned. Mm-hmm. And after there was a combination of things, he said, you know, it could be that the shadows of the Dragon Queen, the Dragonlance reboot book that we had, it didn't sell great no. because it didn't. It was kind of a was kind of a world book but it wasn't in it wasn't enough details about the world or enough details about the adventure in that world to to really play you know you could you could kind of sort of take it and and use it with old dragonlands content but they didn't actually produce enough content in that book to make you think like i have everything i need to run a campaign in the world of Kryn. I will say that I felt very much the way about Spelljammer, about how many people spoke about that book. And that was, it's very much geared towards people that had experience in it before. So whenever you jump into it in this 5e edition, the content that you're looking for is just not there because there's almost a weird expectation that you are bringing some of your own personal lore to the table instead of necessarily referencing this book as your your one-all be-all bible of everything involving it um because with Spelljammer for me i was expecting more ship to ship combat rules i was expecting uh, kind of new rule sets for vehicles and using those and things along those lines and they they touched on those briefly but very much just kind of left it out in the open and i well, heard the, that was kind of the, the same original way with dragonlance books there was the world book and then there was a an adventure module for each of the three books that happened right um and they didn't do that this time and then uh, and then there was a ton of other content that went along with it for Spelljammer, 
There was the Spelljammer box set, which gave you all the rules for playing this world. Then there was additional content that got released. And this has been a little bit like, a, I don't know, like a one and done. They dropped it and walked away from it. I don't know if they were experimenting to see how many people were interested, right? But they did the same thing with Planes Chase. That's true. Um, they, they said, here's a cool Planes Chase book. Go have fun. But they did the original Planes Chase had a ton of additional content modules that went with it. And each of these three times, Eberron, the same thing, right? One Eberron book, and then away we went. They haven't touched anything for Eberron since they dropped that book in, what, 2017, 2018? It's true. So they have all these worlds and all these content. The only world that they've given any extra attention to was, um, uh, oh, I'm dropping it, the Strahd. Oh, um areas Innistrad no not Innistrad um you want me to take some guesses yeah yeah, yeah give us Alexis, see where you're at see what, see what you can take uh, yeah. Avernus uh no that was that was good though it was a really that's good actually guess, yeah that was very deep Thank yeah you. yeah it was good if was I tell you that there's a bird involved would that help no okay it's Ravenloft there you go yeah, yeah. Okay. but the, Ravenloft has been the only setting where they actually have said we're going to give this the attention that it needs. They released the, the big box and they released the coffin box and then they released a separate book. And, and that's the only one where I felt like they've given this world anything extra to it. And I, I think if they're going to make any of these alternate settings successful, they've got to make some of this content available and updated and, and modernize it. I'm wondering if with 5.1, if we'll see them now returning, maybe they knew 5.1 was coming. So they got these world books out just to add a taste. And then with the new gameplay rules coming in, we'll try and beef those up. Maybe. I mean, you know, we've got Vecna Eve of Ruin coming. We don't really know exactly what it's about other than it's Vecna. And he was originally the bad guy from the Greyhawk setting. Yeah. So... I think but Morden Kanan was too, and Morden Kanan, they just kind of said, ah, he's a wizard, he does multiple dimensions and multiple realms of existence, and so Morden Kanan and Tasha's and Vecna are all going to just be these cool wizards that bounce around. The The rumor is there's going to be a, a chosen one, a young girl named L. Levin, and L. Levin <laughs> is going to be a, a big component of taking down Vecna and its army of demi- urges and all. that was a funny joke i enjoyed that one for yeah. just my own we have memory. um i i think just for reference sake if anybody who's coming to the store if you don't know who vecna is there's a statue of him uh on the top of the glass dice case and and we refer to that statue as chad vecna because you know vecna got a very strong jawline so. yeah he's got some jesus abs too doesn't he yeah he's he's kind of ripped for yeah. an un, you know undead guy it's true you know, but this is this is sad news. This was I was kind of looking forward to this. I had the pleasure of meeting uh, Joe at Joe Harry, Orange Jello. Yes. Okay. At Joe Lamangelo um, at uh, GaryCon last year, and while I was talking to him, somebody kind of shouted and asked if he was going to be play um, uh, Cameron, one of the two brothers that's uh, essential to the story for the Dragonland stuff. And he said, no, man, I'm way too old for that. We're gonna get, we got to get some young muscular stud to do that. He's like, I'm the old guy. If anything, I'm playing, you know, Fizzman or something. 
Well, Joe Limoncello, we wish you all the best in your next endeavors. And hopefully this is not going to leave a bad taste in your mouth about D&D. Now, he has his own line of, of, of apparel, though, called Death Saves. That's got some pretty cool stuff in there. I've got some friends that have, like, T-shirts and stuff from there as well. Good. So he's doing well. It's good to hear. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he's hurting. No. I think, well, you know, he's been going through some changes in his life lately. I don't know if you've heard the news, but no, I yeah. don't really. I try to avoid celebrity gossip. Yeah, you can, unless it's Taylor somebody Swift pick and up Jason, a, uh, Travis Kelsey. They're not engaged. I'll just tell you that right now. Yeah, they, I, I know that's the big what if that happens. But they're the they're plotting. No. They're oh, plotting to take oh, down. Oh, I heard plotting to take down um, the United States government. Well, it's about time. Long overdue for it. Good news, though, Jamie will be good at the revolution or maintaining the empire, as we learned in the board game. That you know, Go either like, way. Yeah, it's just whoever's got him on his side is going to win. Now, Alexis, I know that this D&D news has not really been important to you, but I, I get the vibe that you are much more of kind of like a cozy game player. Yes. Is that true? true? Like, so what are some cozy video games that you've been playing lately? Video games? Yeah, I'm just throwing it out there. Do you, do you, do you get uh, up there? Fay Farm. Fay Farm. Tell me about Fay Farm. Fay Farm, you're farming. And there's fairies. Okay. <laughs> I mean, they labeled it well. That's they good. Did. Yeah. Uh, no, it's actually, it's pretty neat. I, I did stop playing it the last couple weeks because I've been crocheting instead. So, you know, you'll only you got to keep your hands busy right. one way or the other. Yeah. But I, I have put in more hours than I would like to admit since I got it for Christmas. But you you have a farm, obviously. So there's the normal farming thing, just like Stardew or, or not Animal Crossing, but yeah. just like Stardew has. And then there's the dungeon diving to get your resources. Of course. Very Stardew Valley-ish. Exactly. Like what many people it's, do. It's very similar, especially like Stardew has Ginger Island, so eventually you can open that up. And in Fey Farm, you can go to, well, you're not in the Fey Realm at first, so then you can go to the Fey Realm. And then there's a winter area and a lava mountain. A lava mountain. Yep. That's great. Yeah. So really, these cozy games are meant more for... Just having a sense of simple completion, from what I understand. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Yeah. So I've seen a bunch of these come out. Just, you know, they're not high, like, obviously there's, like, dungeons and stuff, but you're not going to... They're not. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. It's more just, like, still cute. the adventure <laughs> of it, you know? And with some of these things, it's actually taken more of a turn to more mundane tasks than even something as, like, fairy farming. Um, we've seen Microsoft Flight Simulator, which has done some, you know, really nice calming, like, hey, I'm just going to... Take a Boeing from Chicago to New York, and we'll see how it goes. Or take an Ornithopter out. They oh, added an Ornithopter DLC that is for true. Dune 2 coming out in a couple of weeks. And that's an excellent segue for this article that I want to bring up. In the sense that there's some, one some game. DSL D- DLC came in and uh, really changed things up? Oh, well, I wouldn't say it changed things up. It's just an unexpected collab. And... There's a game out there called Power Wash Simulator. Okay. I don't know it. Yeah. Were you hoping that I was going to say that I played that one? I wasn't hoping, but I really <laughs> needed you to just kind of set the cozy feel for you. it. Because that's, I mean, while it is not something that's more about the cuteness, it is to have that kind of simplicity to it. Like, you have a mess and you're cleaning it up. Yeah, there's some there's some games that I have not purchased that look interesting that are similar. Exactly. Uh, stacking is one of them. I know that's been really popular lately. Um, is, it, uh, is it Unpacking? Unpacking, which apparently has a very compelling yeah. story if you know, if you're in the know. I oh, I'm not. The one that the one that I'm focusing on, Power Wash Simulator though, has has taken a weird turn in the board game realm. 
Because the game itself is you power wash houses, you power wash driveways, basically getting a sense of taking something from dirty to clean. However, we've learned that they've had an interesting DLCs pack coming out with Warhammer 40K. That is, I mean, the really, I read the article ahead of time, but that, who thought? I thought I read up? all the articles that you shared, and this is news to me. Yeah, <laughs> who who proposed this? Like, hey, let's add 40K tanks and and, and, and copters and, and, and weapons and artillery yeah. and mech battle mech suits. And, and to be fair, you are not piloting any of these. Right. You are not fighting the forces of chaos with any of these items. You're just cleaning them. You're just cleaning them after what some might say a crusade against heresy. Was the original game just, just normal, like normal driveways? Everyday not- normal driveways. You know, you got to get that grout out of the houses, okay. you know, and... So they could have just said, it's the army. They could have. they went with 40K. Yeah. So this yeah. comes from Tabletop Gaming. They, they added the MK2 Aqua Santica Aquabus Power Washer into official 40K lore. And you can play as the Adeptus Mechanus character uh, from the the popular game. So um, it just this comes from the article itself from Tabletop Gaming News. The Warhammer 40K special pack includes players in a new dimension of gameplay within the Power Wash Simulator environment. Tasked with cleaning Imperial vehicles and machinery, players will dive into the rich lore of the Warhammer 40K universe, engaging with well-known machine and vehicles known as the, uh, such as the Ultramar- Ultramarines Land Raider and the Blood Angels Thunderhawk, among others. Uh, skipping okay, down. Okay, but did you see there's a co-op mode? I was going to get there There's just the right now. Mode. Yes. I mean, I was just like, oh my God. There's the and the pictures show, you know, that you're you're just an average sized person with your power washing wand on these fairly massive pieces of equipment in, in the in the bay. Hey John, after the podcast you wanna go clean that rhino? Yeah, sounds so fun. <laughs> it's really soothing, you know? Yes. It just was an odd change of pace that I had to bring up in today's articles because it, it's just it's licensed, right? Oh like, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's legit. No, it's official. Yeah. They've, they worked with Games Workshop to make this happen. Yeah. No. Looking at the mm. pictures, I'm like, no, I I know what that is. That's you know that that is a Land Raider right there. That's a you know. They're gonna end up throwing that power washer you were talking about into one of their like commemorative series. Of, of minis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be an Adeptus Mechanus with the power washer just going against the yeah. forces of chaos. That checks out. I. I, that might actually get me into 40K at that point. Um, but no, it's it's interesting to see with these games taking off that are very mundane tasks. As Jamie was saying, you know, the flight simulator not only has the ornithopter from Dune, um, but has also had uh, the vehicles from Halo included as well that you could fly. Um, and I'm just, it's very curious to me that not only are we finding these simple tasks to do to calm ourselves in the video game world instead of us always having to save the world or fighting each other, and our first real thoughts are, how can we take something that's completely hopeless, war-driven, and just put it in my really calming game? Just fit it in there. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I understand people liking cozy games, but why you'd want to bring something... Like that into it. I'm assuming you have to, like, there's, like, blood and guts on these things. You would think. I think that that is a step in the wrong direction, right? Yes. 
did Jamie just take a picture of me? <laughs> no. Okay. Saving it for later. Okay. <laughs> no, I was trying to find, I've got too many tabs open on my phone, which is Oh, you know, I'm going to tell Kelly you said that. Just like there's too many tabs open on my PC on a regular basis. And Chrome is the great destroyer of memory at this point. Well, you know, I'm not always expecting you to have the best memory. And that's why before every podcast, I go upstairs and take a picture of the new hotness. Wait, I, I want to call an audible before we move on. That was probably my best transit. I have struggled was, with transitions was, this it was, episode. It was a good one. Okay, you thank you. Well. All right, all right. So what's your audible? Let's hear it. So I was looking at that article, and they hit me with a link to a different article, and that's what I was looking at while you guys were talking cozy games because I don't really play cozy games. I like yeah. things to explode. Jamie zoned out. I just showed him Helldivers the other day, and I think I'm going to get him to squat up with me, but we'll see. Uh. So I got a phone call on Friday that our 20th anniversary edition of the, or was it no 10th anniversary, 10th anniversary oh, edition of Firefly, the crazy collector's chest that they put together from Gale Force 9 with all the expansions and all the content and everything that they're going to, they were, they were saying, hey, can we charge your credit card for the rest of the ones you ordered? So we're, we're moving closer toward shipping those, right? Mm. Which is cool. Yeah. I made the purchase order today. Did you? Mm-hmm. Nice. Also, right. never mind. We're good. <laughs> yeah, so we're getting we can closer. We take a break. Go ahead. But, it's, work. it's fine. But what caught my eye is that Gale Force and 9 announced three new Kickstarters uh-huh. for 2025. So, I mean, we're not even very far into 2024 right now. But they're telling us 2025, including a new version of the Dune game. Which just came out a couple years ago, called the Quizach Hadarak edition of Dune. So I'm going to lose some money to Gale Force Nine for myself, okay? okay. Um, because if they do what they did for the Firefly one, which is take all the content that exists, put it into one giant box, and then say, how do we get as extra as possible with a bunch of minis and mats and boards and everything else? They announced a um, big box version of Dune. They announced a big box version of Star Trek Ascendancy, which was a really cool game plagued by some crazy production issues. Interesting. Um, and and um, where you play as one of the factions in, and it's a, almost like a, it's a space exploration game with like tile laying. And so you, there was multiple boxes that came out. You could buy and add just one faction at a time to this game. So if they do a big box version where you can finally get everything, we had the, the damnedest time trying to get those expansions. And some of them were delayed for like more than two years after the release of the original game, if you wanted the Andorians and, and things of that nature. Well, and the, the Andorians? The last one is um, an Adventures of Conan. Um, oh, okay. Big box series as well. So, so with the Dune box, are you because it will be much like the the big damn box that came for uh, Firefly? Are you wanting it shaped like the box of pain that Paul has to put his hand in while the needle is up against his throat? Is that the box that you would want? The that? Gamjabar. The Gamjabar is the needle, right? But it is not the box. I no. believe it's just called the pain just box, put, right? Yeah, put your hand in the box. I love right. how they're like. This is the Gom Jabbar needle, and this is the paint box. 
Like, what, what happened to the naming conventions? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. They haven't said. They just said it's coming, the game that immerses players in politics and intrigue of the Dune universe accompanied by all three expansions. Well, unfortunately, we won't know what that all is going to have and what it's going to look like till much down the road. But yeah. we do know it just made what is excited. on the new hotness. I, oh, yeah. I got excited. Absolutely. I'm glad and I have ADHD. It. And I was, you know, following it. I was letting it run. Sometimes you got to. You got to let it kind of, you know, work itself out. However, one thing that you got really excited about the other day when I came into work a shift was on the new hotness, and it was Dr. Gordbody's Scientific Adventures Violence. Gordborts. Gordborts? Gordborts. Okay. I'm having to. Yeah, Gordborts. Uh, yeah, that was a Kickstarter that we backed for the store to bring that in as well. And it basically is a 5e mod that adds like the 1970s 1950s to 1970s flash gordon or buck rogers kind of sci-fi weapons into you can either add it take those weapons and add them in the fifth edition or you can just play flash rogers uh, right flash, flash rogers flash rogers i'd play and, flash rogers with you yeah flash rogers and buck gordon you can play either <laughs> of them um you know, Duck Dodgers in the 24th and a half century, right? Do you remember those? Was Duck, uh, Here's the question. Jaffe and Porky Pig. Alexis, Duck Dodgers. do you know who Buck Rogers is? I know the name. Do you know who Flash Gordon is? I know the name. Flash. Uh, Would it? Defender of the Universe. You're, you're kind of a music person, correct? Sure, yeah. Did you like Queen, the band? Yeah. What if I told you that there was a sci-fi movie about a football player? Mm-hmm. who goes into space to fight Space Hitler, and the whole entire movie, the soundtrack was done by Queen. They were pretty cool. You should watch it, because it's called Flash Gordon. <laughs> okay. It was very 1970s, it's, early 80s. It is quintessential for that time period. Yeah, like flying jet skis, right? Yep. Flying jet skis and winged monkey people. and They weren't monkey. They were bird men. Well, All right, let's be like, let's be clear. Like people. They were birdmen. Were they like the things in Wizard of Oz? No, they were men with wings. I don't know why Jamie is trying to bring monkey aspects into this. Oh, it right. was literally a large bearded man who looked like John <laughs> Reese Davies going, "Fly, my birdmen, fly!" Going to dive. Excuse me, it was dive. And um, and I'm just gonna say with our audience, I bet there's gonna be some people that are gonna be shouting that right back at me. <laughs> <laughs> and but Buck Rogers was a TV show from God, I don't even know where it came out. Early eighties. Yep. And it was uh he gets he was an astronaut who is frozen and wakes up in the twenty fifth century and is try, you know, he's a nineteen eighties guy who's trying Alexis to navigate. Stopped midway to Jamie explaining this and immediately got on her phone. To I was looking zone up out. Buck oh, okay, Rogers. okay. She's looking it up. She's I'm like, not just ignoring Sorry, him. I was like, "Whoa, yeah. that's harsh." I mean, the that's original harsh. Buck Rogers was like the '50s. The original Buck, and it was very different than what the TV show yeah. was. Yeah, because I just remember was it uh, the doctor was the little clock around Twinkie's neck. The doctor was very intelligent, and and then Twinkie was, was like, "Bitty bitty bitty, what's up, Buck?" There was a small robot, like R two D two size, but mm-hmm. human shaped. That spoke with a Brooklyn accent. Makes sense. <laughs> when there was no more Brooklyn, from from what we understood, like like most of the world had been destroyed. Yeah, that's why we went to space. Sure. Uh, and then there was a Flavor Flav style medallion around this robot's <laughs> neck, 
that was a doctor and provided these scientific backgrounds for most of these adventures. Did he also have a Brooklyn accent? No. No. Not not even British, which was the very common thing to do for any doctor in the 80s. Funny enough, there was a character who was also a Birdman in that show. Just going to say, there's a lot of Birdman going around. There, there was a lot of Birdman happening yeah, just, at that point in time. And they're set in the same universe. Yeah. And then, they are not. Um, they're two very different types of Birdman. This Birdman only had, he did not have wings, but he had like feathers and like a headdress thing going on. It's, yeah. It, it was the 80s. Everything was in space, and apparently there were space birds. We had a lot of space birds in the 80s. <laughs> Silverhawks, space birds. Yeah, it yeah. just happens. G-Force. G-Force. Space, space birds. birds. <laughs> wow, we are really just, we're angling down okay. one route of type of people. So let's talk now. about. Let's talk the new, more new hotness. Yeah. yeah, so I'm excited by a couple of things in there that, um, finally one game that I've wanted since Gen Con made it into the, the new hotness, which is the Ultimate Treehouse. From Fat Brain Games, and I played a really early prototype of that at Gen Con, and it was super fun. It's a, it's a family-friendly game, and it's a set collection game where you are basically competing to get the resources to upgrade your individual treehouse. And um, you get cards that go over the top of your treehouse tree so you can watch your treehouse evolve. And the more pieces that you get, them, the more points you could score. Had some really unique um, weather-related parts of the game, too. Parts of the mechanism as well. So, like, oh, the forecast for tomorrow is going to be 100 degrees. So, you can't build a metal roof on your treehouse because it will be too hot to touch. Things like that. Yeah. So, I was pretty excited to see that that made it. And Alexis got that last week. Yes. What was the... What's the other game that you got that we sold out of over the weekend? Volley Shot? Volley Shots. It's <laughs> – I, I was really surprised that you ordered that. It's – there's a ball on a plastic lever, and mm-hmm. each person has – did you see it on Saturday? I sold three of them on Saturday. <laughs> it's like a two-player foos- well, Foosball is two-player. I don't know. It's like, back it, and forth. Yeah, it's like a foosball thing of how many repetitions can you keep the ball in the air and score points back. It's, it's a little bit like foosball. And here's what I'm going to say. It was hidden behind the dice like yeah. wall. I didn't see any single one of our, our workers really pushing it. Like, I think – but people would just walk up, start playing it, and then would ask us about it. And we'd say, what are you talking about? Because we hadn't even seen it yet. So that was something I, I added to the order just to reach a minimum. And it was one of those, most of the time when we get weird things like that, people are like, oh, Jamie, what'd you do? I, I said to Rachel, I was like, they're going to blame Jamie. But they totally me. did, too. On Friday, they absolutely <laughs> blamed me for like, oh, now what did you get us into? It was me. I got the weird stuff this week. But it worked out. It did. Yeah. Uh, so many people loved it. I was shocked. Um, speaking of things that have shocked me, uh, there has been, since I have known the people of red raccoon a green d20 (laughs) that has been kind of plushy and we have thrown it at each other at random times throughout it's like a six inch foam d20 it's perfectly sized it's perfectly soft like many of you have probably seen me like standing and just like throwing it at a wall and catching it it's true 
I used it a lot for like physical therapy after I had my shoulder surgery to practice being able to actually rotate and throw things again. But it has been this weird oddity in the store because, I mean, I don't know where it came from, but it has been with the store for at least seven years. Yeah. And has never gotten lost or misplaced. It's just always been. No, it's gotten lost. There's two of them. Oh, there's two of them. Yeah, it's never it's, mind. It got lost. It's it, like when the place has like two magic. cats. Yeah. <laughs> well, good news. You can actually take your own home now because we have an assortment of colors, not green, I saw, but an assortment of colors of D20s of the same size, the same consistency. And I think that if you run a D&D game, that would be really fun to have to be able to roll on a table and, and make everybody be able to see the score. There's a, there's a, there's a teal one. It's not teal dark green, green but it's kind of it's green. green. Feels more blue. <laughs> oh, are we gonna start this argument all over again? <laughs> Color theory. The no, it's it's good because um, you know if you want to work on your dexterity score, because it's not a round ball. When it hits the wall, it comes off the wall at different angles sometimes, and so just throwing it against the wall and catching it will force you to work on your dexterity. I used. I've got a little secret about <gasps> foam dice. Secret, secret. Alexis got a secret. They're smaller than this, but we have uh, sets of polyhedral ones that I got from. Oh. Mm, I don't remember where. Okay. But yeah, they're smaller. But then you can have a whole. Are they here? No. Are they? Oh, they're. You ordered them. They're yes. coming. I was like, I didn't see those. Um, there's two d sixes by themselves, and then five polyhedral. So I don't know which is missing out of the seven set. Well, D7 set. Does it have two D6s? Uh, no, they would normally have one, but then two D10s for the percentile percentage. dice. Oh, well, maybe that's what it is. So okay. maybe they just skip the percentile dice? Sure. Maybe that I would check out. Yeah. But, yeah, those are coming in. Did so, you notice, though, a game that I'm stoked to play that's going to have to wait till after the... Like after, all other games yeah, right now. Uh, Blueprints of Mad Kid Ludwig. Right, so it combined Alexis's need to buy every roll and write game that exists for the store, <laughs> and and my love of the original Castles of Mad King Ludwig, which God, I haven't even got a chance to play in like a year, or a year and a half. So you you instead of laying the tiles down and trying to make the rooms fit that way with a as a, as a tile laying game, now you're drawing them in, trying to follow all the same rules. As a roll and write tile game too, it looks looks pretty fun. I kind of okay. want to try that okay. one out. There's currently four roll flip and writes on the new hotness. I wonder why that is. I don't know. I wonder who made those type of decisions. Whoever yeah. does the ordering must like them. So peeking out rather auspiciously from a stack of uh, puzzles in this photo is a game that you also got me pretty excited about, Jamie, and that is Harrow County. Yeah. That's another Kickstarter based on a pretty popular and also gruesome Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. graphic novel series. And um, I was pretty intrigued. We got the uh, super deluxe satchel edition. The satchel edition, which the satchel is the satchel that a character from the comic carries around the skinless boy's skin in. And so there's like a a skinless or the skin from a hand hanging out of it on the design. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. But it's a it's a asymmetric game where 
you're playing if it's, it's it was originally designed as a two player game where you're playing as one of the two factions of the families that are fighting over and going back and forth in Harrow County. Very Hatfields and McCoys type vibe to it with some esoteric horror. Yeah, because if you play as the third player, then you play as the dead witch buried under the tree. And you are using the roots to spread your influence, including using the root to, which there's a little hole in the side of all the miniatures' heads that the root embeds in there to let you know that the root is controlling this character. So, like, if I took your character over, you would get to play your turn, but then I would also get to move your character on my turn as well. I like how, as we discuss this game, just something happens out of left field. Like, it's the satchel edition. It's the satchel that holds the skinless boy's skin. Wait, wait, what? Oh, and you can play as the two families that are rivaling or the bog witch. What? Okay. But, yes, it is intriguing. There is a built-in uh, dice tower to the box as well that looks Yeah, you cool. drop the dice into the top of the box, and they come out the front of the dice tower. Yeah. And so the version that we got is the deluxe Kickstarter version with the Metal coins and the upgraded wooden bits and characters and everything. We all it, love the metal coins. There's not a single person in the world I've met that's gotten a board game and been like, oh, man, I really wish I didn't get the metal coins. <laughs> <laughs> if you got them, you love them. Yeah. And many times if you didn't get the metal coins and you, you find out them. they exist, you're like, man, yeah. kind of want those metal coins. That's true. Kind of kind of want that for my set. Uh, apparently some people discovered that we had this because we got a couple of orders to ship these across the United States too. So don't know how long that one's going to stay there. Get them where they're hot. Yeah. A uh, big stack of new puzzles. So we talked about those earlier from Lantern Press. Um, lots of squishables. Yes. We did a little video for those earlier, including, okay, so uh, Inside Baseball to Red Raccoon. Often we get catalogs or magazines that show up here trying to entice us to buy things. And often those catalogs show up on my desk having been passed around from employee to employee and things just circled in Sharpie on the pages it's of It's like them. when you were a kid and you wanted something for Christmas. Sure you dog ear that page. And give it to your parents. Yep. So last week, the catalog in question was the Squishables 2024 catalog. And I was flipping through the pages and looking at all the things. And I, a lot of them, I was like, already ordered that one, already ordered that one, already ordered that one. And then I came to a page with some Alter Ego Plague Doctors. Series 2. They already did Series 1 a, a couple years ago. Very popular. We had like the Barista Plague Doctor. And this one was circled and it just said, for the love of God, please get this for me. <laughs> and it was the Cowboy Plague Doctor. And he's got his little um, stick horse and he's got his full cowboy set up in gear as well and everything for the alter ego for the cowboy. And here's going to be the, the challenge I put out there. For those of you that listen to this podcast and hopefully visit the store enough, I want you to try and guess the employee that circled <laughs> that with the, for the love of God, get me the cowboy plague doctor. I have my theories, which I will confirm after the podcast, but we'll reveal that information in the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, so that was it was fun. We, we just unpacked those today, and I was like, because I was like, did I order that one? I mean, obviously, I have to after an entreaty like that. That's true. And I was confirmed today. I'm like, yes, I did order that one because I also thought it was cute. Look at you. 
So obviously this is where people can come in and buy some of this new hotness, but is there any events going on this week that would really give people a good reason to stop on by? Wow, why are you looking at me? Yeah, you know stuff. <laughs> well, first of all, I know one, and that is pick up your Dune tickets. Dune. Dune. Did you see the new trailer? I did not. It's pretty awesome. I did see Anna Taylor-Joy and Tim Leith Chamolet, like, meet on stage for, like, really the first time. And, like, they both swooned at each other. It was very sweet. Um, Yes. We're renting a theater. We are renting a theater. Yes. March 2nd, Saturday, 7 p.m. We are doing the same thing we do every time we rent a theater. You get to hang out with all your nerdiest friends that are Red Raccoon um, fans to go watch Dune. And we are we we mark the tickets up a little bit in price, and with five dollar donation goes to the community healthcare clinic. Um, but yeah, tickets are available; they're on sale right now. Doors open at six thirty. We're saying show up at six fifteen to grab your popcorn and your drinks or whatever you need, and then we're gonna find out how Dennis did with part two of Dune. We ended part one with. Um, Stilgar and the uh, the Fremen finding Paul and his mother out in the desert. And Paul deciding not to try and retreat back to Caliban, his home planet, but knowing that his destiny is in the desert. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be awesome. Yeah. I'm also very jealous of the fact that Tony bought the big um, Thopter. Lego, ornithopter Lego, the yeah. ornithopter Lego set as well. He had to bring it over just to show it to me, just <laughs> to know that I was going to have the jealous vibes. Now, I will say for everyone listening, if you don't know, Jamie is a huge Dune fan. He, this is there's some tent poles for every geek. We all have them. Power Rangers is one of mine. Do you have one, Alexis? Gilmore Girls, maybe. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's what I was going to say. That checks but... out. Yeah, that is. I would consider that a very geeky show. Sure. But for Jamie, it's Dune. So if you would, just everybody assume that Jamie doesn't have one and get him one of the Dune popcorn buckets. Just (laughs) bring it by the store. You can leave it in the office. Just make sure that Jamie has as many of the Dune popcorn buckets as possible. I don't need a lot. uh, One. Or you can get him one Funko Pop for Christmas and he'll have to get the whole set. (laughs) Alexis got me one. Funko Pop from the first Dune remake movie, and so I had to go get all of them. Of course. The Series 2 ones just showed up last week. They're, they've now made it to my office. Just nobody <laughs> tell Kelly. She doesn't listen to the podcast, so just don't let her know. She's on the podcast, You also have some really cool bookends. Yeah. You do. Those, those are neat. The, the, the worm. sandworm ones, yeah. those are pretty cool. Yeah. No, um, I'm super stoked for that one. That is coming up two weeks from now. So uh, next Saturday is also kind of a momentous day as well. Yeah, it is. It's not really anything to do with the store, though. I was going to say it. I was going to announce Alexis, it at the end. Take it. I'm going to take it. Take it. So you you don't come in on Saturday because Jamie won't be here, but come in the rest of the week and tell him happy birthday. Yeah. Because Saturday is his birthday. Jamie is going to be 30 years old. Exactly. Um. Which is fantastic. God, I wish. He is not the same age as D&D, which I just connected today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. 
fitty. Well, if you say it like that, it's cool. It is actually yeah. kind of cool. Like <laughs> fitty, fitty. Yeah, um, I am also the same age as the Market Street parking deck. That is, you know, so random. The things to mark your life. <laughs> I by. know, right? Well, because when I was on city council, I, they kept saying, "Oh, we got to fix the parking deck." I'm like, "No." We need to tear the parking deck down and build a new one. People are like, oh, I'm like, that parking deck was built the same age as I was born, the same year I was born. And you notice all the grays that are in here? The deck needs, and it's being torn down this year and getting rebuilt. Are you going to get rebuilt this year, too? I wish, right? <laughs> so, uh, $6 million man, get some new knees and maybe yeah. a new ankle. That'd be great. Better some re- redo my hearing like... Uh, no, that was the billion-dollar woman, bionic woman. Bionic woman. But, you know, yeah. those those parts are, in, like, interchangeable. Did, did he have ears that got redone? She had ears. He had, he the, he had, had sight, I believe. Oh, I yeah. He, he had, had the, the vision. The, the telescopic sight. Yes. I could use that, too. That would come in yeah. handy, right? Yeah. You know? The ability, you know, every time I run somewhere, it's always in slow motion though so i don't know how helpful that'll be it's just you basically making a sound effect which you can do i mean the sound effects happen it's usually like pop crack you know those sorts of things so yeah um no we we do have um coming up soon coming down the pipe we've got lorcana into the inklands is coming up um that is May March first, actually, I think. Which, uh, With the, there's something else the same day. I don't remember. Is there's it, the new magic? Fallout sets coming out. Fallout set for Magic. I think. The, I feel like it was something bigger than that, but maybe not. I don't know. Is that the day that? The first, yeah. Uh, learn to play for Star Wars Unlimited. Oh yeah, no, the learn to play is. I think the Star Wars Unlimited game might come out that day, isn't it? The Learn to Play on my birthday on the 24th? Learn to Play is on Sunday. The 25th? Yes. Sunday the 25th, which is Anna's birthday. Yes, it is. And we don't even want to talk about how few years there actually are in Anna's birthday. I, but Anna was born after I had graduated high school, went to college, decided that wasn't the route to go, decided to go into basic training, got out of basic training, and then went back to college afterwards, and then Anna was born. I think I moved to Colorado in there for a couple years in the middle as well. And then Anna was born. Yeah. Anna makes me feel old sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get easier. Spencer, too. They're the same age. Uh Yeah. Which, on this podcast, I just want to say shout out to Spencer, who has been doing some great work on the TikToks of Red Raccoon. Yeah. Uh, he did a Let's Play of Canvas. That yeah. was wonderful. It was so, I saw it and immediately had to text him about it. Yeah. I was a little offended because he texted me the other night and said, hey, can you take a picture of your board games for me? <laughs> I said, sure. And I said, why? He's like, well, I'm doing a TikTok and I want to show somebody who has just way too many board games. <laughs> I said, thanks, buddy. I'm glad I could fit into that that need for you. Do you, do you log all yours? Do you know how many you own? No, not anymore. Can you, do you have a guess? I just want to know. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm above 300, I would guess. But there might be a calling, a, a grand calling here okay. soon. So I'm gonna... Speaking of those of you that need to call, just as a reminder that the spring used board game auction is coming up. Um, it's the 16th, I think it's Saturday, it's either Saturday, the, I think it's the 16th because 
Um, St. Patrick's Day is Sunday the 17th this year. So March 16th, you can bring your games in now, limit five, or five five games, or you can actually have a bundle where you put several small games or one big game with maybe a couple expansions and bundle those together too. You're limited five five items to the auction, and we've got, God, there's got to be at least 100 games already submitted for the spring auction too. So we're probably going to have to cap that out at something in like 200 because for the fall board game auction, I got through 45 games per hour, and I think we went for three hours. So 180, no, I did 180 games in four hours. Yeah, so you need we're that kind of speed for your or, origins games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no true. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was trying to keep it uh, 45 seconds per game or less for the auction. So we. Our, my new plan is to have Jamie play four games at the same time. We're just going to be surrounding him, and it's going to be like somebody that plays yeah. like five games of chess at the same time. Well, I told him he should play one while he watches a video on another. Exactly. That checks out. Yeah. yeah. I could probably do that. I could probably play four games of Dominion at the same time. No, we need to test games. the theories. But I can't. I don't know. If, I, I don't think my brain could do that. Let's sell tickets to this event. Jamie, <laughs> who was the, the, the chess genius? Um, Bobby, Bobby Fisher. Fisher. Jamie's Bobby Fisher moment. It's just you playing so many games of Dominion. I was watching some videos. Um, Adepticon is coming up, and the Midwest uh, qualifier for the World Series of Board Gaming. Um, one of the locations is Adepticon, and uh, Chris James, who used to work here, is one of the guys behind the, the Midwest qualifier. I was watching the grand finale of it last year, which they played Splendor. So they, they, it was a very diverse when people qualified to go to Vegas to play in the, the finals. The, the, they had 16 games they had to play, and the final game was Splendor. It was a, it was a very diverse lineup yeah. of games they had to play. I don't, I don't know. I could play Splendor. I, can, I, think, I feel like I could be fairly competitive at Splendor, but some of the other games they played, I'm like, ooh, that's rough. I didn't even know that was at Adepticon. Yeah, the Midwest Qualifier. <laughs> You know, you roll up there and show your chops, see how you place, oh, AG. Yeah. yeah, I've got a 33% win rate. I can do it. <laughs> so one in three chance. I, I only picture it as the movie The Wizard. from Fred Savage, like one of his career launching movies where basically he had a brother that was slightly on the spectrum but played video games really well. So they went across the country oh, to play video movie. games. That's what we call Ken, right? From that movie, that's why? The Wizard? Yeah. That checks out. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. But I just imagine that, like, you're just going and just playing random board games and you're just challenged. I don't know how it actually works, but that's in my head. What video game is the end of the grand Super Challenge? Mario Brothers 3. Super Mario Brothers that's 3. That's the best. The yeah. first release ever. Nobody had ever seen it before until they showed it off in that movie. That's cool. Yeah, that was that was a good movie. Uh, the, the Penny Arcade guys at PAX, they yep. do a game challenge, too. And uh, I went to PAX 3, I think it was the third one that they did, uh, first time they went to the Washington State Convention Center, and the, they, it, that was all video game based, these guys had to play the craziest games. And um, one year, that I think it was the year that I was there, no, the, the second one, the winning game was Atari Tank. Do you remember that one at all? <laughs> no. Yeah, it was like it was a it was a game where it was an eight bit game where you're literally driving a tank through this maze 
and then you shoot your your bullet and you're trying to ricochet your shot into the other person. And then the year that I went, the final game was uh, a claw machine. They gave <laughs> they gave each person two dollars, and it was whoever pulled got the most stuffed animals out of the claw machine was the winner. That was the grand finale. It's got to be a very specific claw machine because ninety percent of claw machines are the like really big. You can't pull anything with those. That's all a trap. You got to get the ones that have the small claw. The small claws where it's at. Really? Yeah, I used to. I wasn't, like, super big into claw machines, but, like, in, like, early high school, my sister would, like, give me a dollar because we had a small claw machine at our Walmart, and I could pull out some pretty good stuff there. Whoever is uh, keeping track of the Red Raccoon Radio Wiki, we should add that as a new entry to uh, John. There it is. Yeah. That's the knowledge that just got dropped on us all that we did not know about. I'm just – I'm normally sharing uh, Jamie lore. I, I don't normally share myself lore. Um, so, Alexis, it's been a while since you've been on the podcast. Don't worry. Sure. This isn't going to be another weird no, quotient. Um, what I'm going to tell you is one of the things that we like to do now at the end is bring up one piece of content that we're really enjoying right now, whether it's a movie, mm-hmm. video game, piece of, you know. I got it. Yeah. And uh, I normally try and do one. We have the guests kind of normally do one. We try and have Jamie do one, but he does five for some reason. <laughs> so, because he's Jamie. He, he can yeah. kind of run the show. So, I'll go ahead and say mine give you some time to set okay. up yours. Oh, yeah. I got it. Uh, mine is actually, I'm going to tell you what it is, but please don't go there because it's Helldivers 2, the video game. Currently on PC, on PlayStation 4, it has given me so much satisfaction of being a quick drop-in, 30 minutes, jump-out game. Uh, it is super fun. There is friendly fire, so you're blowing up your teammates all the time. It's a game where I can jump in and mute my mic, but I can still communicate with my teammates and actually get things done. Um, They're always adding kind of some new twists and turns to what you're doing as you progress in the difficulty levels. If you want Starship Troopers, the video game, to be fun, that's what this is. And I'm really enjoying it. I need you not to play it, however, because right now it is so popular that the servers are completely full. And it is literally bricked pretty much on everybody's machine. And there are people that are just leaving their systems on and touching their controller every once in a while to keep them inside the game so they don't lose their spot of able to play. Um, and that is be- and not even X- kind of a jerk move. It's a it is a huge jerk move. I was going to use a different word. I was going to as well. Family friendly podcast, right? So it's it's such a fun game, but that's what people are doing. It is a co. Uh, Crossplay, so you can play with your friends that are on Steam if you're on PlayStation 4 and vice versa. Xbox is not in it yet. There's been a lot of people that are clamoring for Xbox to be opened up, but I can tell you, we already don't have enough room for the people that are there. We don't have room for you. But it's interesting because there's... It's two- really cool, but please stay away. Please stay away <laughs> until they can get more servers up. That's all I'm asking. Uh, but it's it's interesting because there's one half of the galaxy where you're fighting a war with these giant insects, and it's kind of fun, and it's not lighthearted, but, like, it's easy. And then you go to the other side of the universe where you're fighting these, like, Borg-like robot people, and it's like Vietnam. It's rough. You jump in, and these things are already trying to kill you. You don't even have setup time. And... It's a lot of fun, and I highly suggest it to many people. Probably in about three months, you can jump on, and that's when they'll have everything fixed. There's also going to be giant mechs, and eventually, probably it'll be on Power Wash Simulator at some point. I was so, say, is yeah, going to be a collab. <laughs> yeah. So, Alexis, what do you have yeah, for us? Unlike, what are you enjoying? Unlike John's, that you can't do. You can do this all that you want. Uh, it's not going to hinder anybody. 
and also it's not as chaotic. You can just relax. That's fair. Um, I have been crocheting, which is oh. really fun. And I showed Jamie this picture earlier. Nobody on the podcast can see it, but I'm proud, so I'm going to show John. You can send I, it to us. We can upload it into the, uh, the Discord, Discord server. Chat. I made a pillow. That is a very adorable pillow. So Thank for you. those of you that are in the podcast world and obviously can't see this because we never do video, uh, it's a three-colored kind of cylindrical pillow with daisies, yeah. I would say, um, just kind of on each segment. And it actually looks somewhat professional. Like, I would buy that from, like, a Michaels or a Hobby Lobby for Thank sure. You. It took some time. And... I have not, I, I tried to make a blanket last year and gave up halfway through just because, you know, that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I made some beanies that sucked. So this was a real jump. Those flowers were uh, not as difficult as you think, actually, once you got the pattern down. But I am glad that you found solace in your pillows. Yeah, it was good. I finished it last night after like a week and a half, two weeks. So Awesome. That's what I've been doing. Now you need to ramp up production, start your yeah, own I, empire I, of pillow well, making. While I was waiting for those squares to, to, to block, because you, you get them wet, and then you lay them out how you want them and pin them down so they're perfectly straight. Excuse me, you have to wet your pillow? <laughs> Just, well, no. Not the whole pillow. Oh. Just the squares before you put them all together. This is a process of crocheting I, I was not aware of. Yeah, I knew I mean, the the hooks and the yeah. tricks and the whole thing. but See, you don't have well, to. Well, there's also the mercury bath. Yeah, that that checks out. You have to dip yourself in the same thing that the Harkonnens use to heal and then pull that out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) But you did a fantastic job. Crocheting is your media, and I dig it. For now. All right. Hey, Jamie, how many items are you going to talk to us about? I don't know what you're talking about, John. Let's hear it. So I will. So I uh, on the video front, I have gone back and I am rewatching the Marvel Defenders um, stuff. So I now officially canon. Yeah, because that's why I wanted to. Um, I'm I'm working. I did Jessica Jones first. I thought she was first, but then it actually was Daredevil, then Jessica Jones. So I'm on season one of Daredevil right now. They don't really cross over. You just need to watch Jessica Jones before Luke Cage. Only Rosario Dawson. Yes. She kind of moves through them all. Um, So I I decided I was going to do that again because we've got a new uh, season of Daredevil that's going to be coming out. Born Again? Yes. Um, No, I I will do one audiobook, and I'll limit myself to just one. I have listened to Babel, which was a lot of people said it was the front runner for Hugo Awards for Book of the Year. Hmm. And then there was drama. It didn't even get (gasps) nominated because the author is an expat from China, and the Hugo Awards were held in China this year. So there's a whole lot of like controversy going on over whether or not China was able to influence who was and was not nominated because there were two Chinese authors who um, were widely regarded for Babel for Book of the Year. The other one, I, I can't think of it was, I think it was like Novella of the Year. And then there was like an episode of Sandman that also was up for like a, you know, a screenwriting episode of the year and also had some Chinese influence things too. Do you know what episode it was? I, I don't. Okay. Like it was just the one episode where I was like, this is the best episode of Sandman. Sandman was very good. If you have not watched that on Netflix, please do. Yeah. And so um, uh, Babel, very good. Okay. Very different take on a fantasy book. It's, it's kind of this entire story of a, a kid who is, pulled out of 
China as a a a young you know like 12 13 years old and brought to Oxford and Oxford is using the the entire book revolves around the differences and the origin of words from their original language into how they're used and and kind of how the words change their meaning and that there's a basically a magical power in that difference from the original word to the new use version of that word. And um, it's really, really interesting politically. It's a, there's a political drama element to the whole thing, too. And I was about it's hard to, to ask, is it, I know that obviously Babel is in reference to the Tower of Babel, the right. biblical story. Is that a, a element of the book's magical background as well? It's not necessarily the ancient wonder of the world's Tower of Babel. It's just the 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 tower that all of the translators work in at Oxford is nicknamed Babel okay. because okay. that's all the translating is happening there and yeah. all the the language usage is happening there. I'm guessing I'm going to Barnes and Noble after this. Yeah, I, I really um, it was really really interesting how it morphed from this story of this the wonder of learning and and the power of unraveling all this stuff in, inside this young kid's mind into as he got older and he learned that maybe the British Empire isn't doing this for the most altruistic reasons and yeah, it's and then it, it really kind of turned into kind of more of a political thriller as it went along too. It was really it's a really powerful story too, and and I love kind of these um, historical fantasies, historical fictions where mm-hmm. they take this real all these things that really happened, and then they kind of edge this story in on the side of them. So yeah, it was it was good. Awesome. I, was, I enjoyed. I listened to the audiobook version. Enjoyed it a lot. Okay. Do you want to talk about any like? TV. Well, we talked about TV. Any movies you want to talk about? Any skywriting? Okay. Marvels was good. Skywriting. I don't know. You I, never know, Jamie. I want to know how you have time to do all these things. Mm. Well, audiobooks. I, I've said on here before is like I I listen to them as I'm showering in the morning yeah. and folding laundry. Jamie's been listening to an audiobook while we've been recording this <laughs> podcast. I don't. He's got another earbud, and I don't know if you, you noticed. You've heard me walking no, no. around. Listen. The audiobooks under, make sense. Yeah. But how do you also have time to watch shows? Because you can't audiobook while you're watching oh, movies. Oh, I know why. Because Jamie sometimes texts me at two a.m. <laughs> <laughs> that's why and, okay and aside so, from all the fun things like video games and movies and shows and audiobooks you also just you well know, the podcast listeners might not know but you know that i hurt my neck i pulled a muscle in my neck and i actually i don't i almost never miss a day of work and i was in so much pain i was completely laid up and on like i had to go to the doctor and they prescribed muscle relaxers and like you know very very clearly like don't drive a car. <laughs> so I stayed home, and on that Friday, I plowed through almost the entire season of Jessica Jones on that one day. David Tennant's so good in that. He's so good Oh, in that. yeah. David Tennant is a great actor, but also a really, really frightening bad guy. He's so good. Um, and then, uh, you know, Daredevil, one episode here, one episode there, along the way. I don't get it. Yeah. 
some of us, you know, we're not cool enough to crochet. I, I so we got to find other ways to fill our lives. Let, let, here's this: in any, I know that we have some older podcast listeners who um, hang out with us on these episodes, and they will all agree with me that we are all jealous of young people's ability to sleep. Oh, so much so. Yes. I mean, yeah. Kelly is. I say Kelly is a professional sleeper. She she goes. I'm feeling kind of sleepy. And she gets in bed and then just falls asleep. And then she wakes up refreshed like seven hours later. And I'm just like, I wish I could do that. I wish I could have that. I don't. I I definitely don't do that. Yeah. (laughs) I'm happy most days if I I manage to get five or five and a half hours of sleep. It's self-inflicted. Let's be clear, though. Like, we choose this. It doesn't choose us. We could just, we could just be sitting in bed. And we can just be quiet in the darkness and let sleep overtake us. But instead, we're like, no sleep. You're going to have to fight me like you're death itself. And we plug our ears with all sorts of sounds and our eyes with all sorts of images. And we make sure that dream has to really just wade through it. I will say that there is some of that. But there are also plenty of nights where I have been like, it's 2 in the morning. I need to go to bed and stop. And then at three in the morning, I am still wide awake and laying there, been laying in the dark for an hour. But there hasn't been anything like big changes in your life in the last two or three years that I'm constantly weigh in your the line. game store, John. Just, we are not doing I'm just doing saying, that. if you're already used to it now, Jamie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but with that, uh, our episode will come to a close. Uh, I want to thank, of course... Jamie and Alexis for joining us on this episode today. And if you want to talk to them about your tabletop, you can come on down to Red Raccoon Games, located in downtown Bloomington, Illinois. Uh, we want to thank Jillian Messner for the use of our theme music. Ben Kid, And also for being one of the leaders of the new uh, D&D Adventures. Explorers of Intasia. Which uh, I will say Jillian got slammed on her table because... We had, I think, we counted 26 tokens being used from the token machine. <laughs> and I believe at least two-thirds, if not three-fourths of them, were used at her table yeah. uh, just to mess with her in any way that was possible. One of the tokens that was has been a frequent flyer is give the DM disadvantage on yes. a roll. Yes. So, uh, yes, great job. But other than that, ladies and gentlemen... Keep Please hit us up on Discord. Let us know how we're doing. Ask any questions that you might have. And uh, like, share, recommend. Somebody went on uh, Spotify and gave us a nice five-star review. So thank what? you to whoever that was. I didn't get notified of that. I need to look that up. It was it was on Spotify, not on Podbean. Well, Podbean should be – we can talk about this off air. But, yes, I will start looking into that. Okay. Um, but, no, thank you, whoever that was. We'll give you a shout-out in the next episode. Um, and thank you, Jamie, for reminding me that we need to plug this. Um, and with that, wait, <laughs> I mostly just want to see that face, but also tell Jamie happy birthday. Okay. Cause we're Thanks. not going to have it. This is the next episode. We'll be beyond that. So yep. yeah, that would be more than 50 next episode. 50 Fit- in a couple days. Fitty. 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 And until next time, fitty. I'm going to go do my snoop bike. I, never mind. We're not stopping this episode. We are describing the dance. Bye. Bye. Bye.